What's good, everybody? Welcome to Mid-State 48, where we get you ready for kickoff in 48 minutes, or roughly 48 minutes. Hope you're having a good week wherever you may be. Chris Brooks back with you once again, along with Scott Burton and Tom Duggan. Gentlemen, hello, hello, hello. Hey. Hey. All right. We are into the second round of the postseason, and round one had some pretty significant storylines come out of it. Uh, let's just go ahead and dive right in because when we look at these brackets, now there's some storylines that came out of it. We'll start in 1A, and Gordonsville and Joe Burns will square off in round number two as our area representatives from that particular bracket. Gordonsville played last Thursday night and opened the playoffs with a big win over Coppet Basin. Joe Burns over Whitwell, and they'll face off in a rematch of a region game from earlier this year. Guys, um, Gordonsville seems like defensively they are kind of built for a deep run. What do you think there? Oh, I agree. I, I think that Gordonsville defensively uh, has been strong all year. Uh, where they where they are getting better at is on the offensive side of the ball. So, yeah, absolutely. I think they're built for a deep run. Uh, but the next round is going to be the interesting question. Just yeah, Coach Doc Clemens, he, he likes to he likes to get you know get that ground game going. <clears throat> Pardon me, that <clears throat> ground game going, and his quarterback this year's a, a dual threat, somebody that can put it in the air. So you can't just basically stack the box like a lot of teams have tried to do against Gordonsville over the years because they've got such a weapon in Matthew Albritton. But uh, I, I think defensively, this team has gotten better throughout the course of the year, and uh, you know they're going to be tough. November, December football, Gordonsville's built for that. They're going to be a tough out in one eight. Yeah, Matthew Albert, you mentioned him. Uh, kind of one of those players that we thought might be a Mr. Football semifinalist, but he was not in that five-player group, which was kind of surprising, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. In 1A, absolutely. He had a, a great, great year. Uh, no, he's still having a great year. Um, and, yeah, uh, it, he was one uh, that uh, would have made my short list. Let's go over to 2A now, regions three and four. This is one of the bigger storylines as far as our area teams are concerned. Trousdale County will travel to Meigs County after defeating Tyner last week. Watertown will host Marion County after beating Bledsoe County. If these two teams want a quarterfinal rematch for the fourth consecutive year, they're going to have to face their biggest hurdles of the season in the second round. This bracket just is as tough as anybody has in this in this class. Uh, it's it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, my my question is, and what, and I can't help but think that the eventual uh, region champion, uh, class champion, is going to come out of this bracket. Uh, this is just a murderer's row of uh, teams that should be playing, you know, on the other side of the bracket and normally do. Uh, both of these games have the potential to be really really uh, good, hard fought games here yeah i agree and i'll tell you what guys this could easily be final four in 2a in most years look how, i mean I, i'm not disrespecting you the other teams that be part of the states in 2a but uh you got four teams that were ranked in the top 10 at the end of the regular season and uh all four of these teams are good i know look at watertown and they've lost three games but they've won five in a row and uh all they needed to wait for was their offense to kind of come around they struggled early in the season but uh you know, we talked about Gooresville, how well their defense is built. Watertown's is along the same way, and they're going to need some good defense this week against a very potent Marion County offense. 
and you look at that Trousdale County game, having to travel to Mex County, who's been their bugaboo the last couple of years. You know, they're trying to get back to the state title game for the first time since 2018. Mex County's been that hurdle, and it may very well be again if they're not careful. Yeah, indeed. And I think this uh, this Trousdale County team was built for this year, guys. They've been uh, kind of uh, a young team for the last two to three years, and, and they've taken some lumps being a young team. But this is a veteran team now. And uh, Coach Satterfield there, you know, I, I think he's had his eyes on this year as being the year for Trousdale County. But, man, you talk about a big hurdle in the second round. Chris, you talked about it, uh, Mex County being that that kind of hurdle. At a 10-0, boy, this is a tough matchup. But if Trousdale County can get out of this game, oh, yeah, they'll play Marion County or Watertown. Another tough game coming up next week. It's not <laughs> yep. an easy road. Yep, quality yeah. matchups in the second round for sure. Yeah, Trousdale County, is, it, I think it's a, a tough game. But, you know, if they can get out in front and, and let their defense do what it does best, they've got a good ch solid chance in that game. Yep. Turning the page to Class 3A where we go Regions 3 and 4. Cannon County got its first playoff win in, I think, since 1978 with that win yeah. over Signal Mountain. And they go to the second round where they'll travel to Loudoun in round two. Uh, Cannon County's playing with house money at this point. I mean, it's been such a turnaround season in Woodbury for the Lions, and to be six and four at this point, I don't know that anybody expected this from them at all this year. No, no, I don't think so. Uh, I really believe that these guys, uh, you know, they're having just such a great season. They don't want to end, but this Loudon team is going to be really, really tough for them to to match up with. Just to kick in, guys, a little bit on Cannon County, Coach Matt Daniel. Uh, took over this program a few years back, and he's an alum of Cannon County, played ball there. And I don't think you'll find anybody that uh, just loves Cannon County football as much as this guy. And uh, Coach Daniel, I actually lost his dad not too long ago. And uh, uh, I'd actually seen on social media where he put a chair out for his dad at the game last Friday night and uh, had some nice words after the fact, uh, you know, just knowing that his dad would have been so proud that they won this playoff game. Chris, you said that they're playing with house money, and I, I think these kids at Cannon County are just having fun. And uh, you know what? Sometimes a team like that, and they play the wing tee, they may, you know, Loudon may uh, take them for granted a little bit early on. Cannon County might come out and surprise them, but uh, talent-wise, certainly Loudon's going to be a tough team to beat. Yep. Well, certain, certainly no pressure on the, on the Lions here uh, in this game, so they can no. play loose. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Other side of 3A in regions 5 and 6, Waverly will travel to East Nashville and Smith County travels to White House. We're looking possibly at, at White House against either Waverly or East Nashville in the quarterfinals. These, these look to be pretty good pretty good matchups in the second round. Smith County is interesting to me because you know, the Fairview game was a toss-up either way, and, and for them to win 18-7 to over a, a decent Fairview team, Matt Dyer's got that team coming a pretty long way pretty fast. Yeah, yeah they're, playing, uh, they're playing a lot better than uh, they were early in the season. They struggled right out of the gate. But, um, you know, the one thing that people have said about Smith County all season long, they've got size. Guys, they're big up front. And, and that uh, the, the team has started to gel, and they're using that size. And, they're, you know, their defense is playing a whole lot better. And Coach Dyer, I think, is a fantastic coach. He's done a great job of turning things around there. Uh, you're right. This was a toss-up game. I was back and forth on it because uh, – Smith County always playing at home is tough, but, uh, you know, never count out the Owls. And, uh, of course, a very good White House team. But, uh, like you kind of said, McKenna County, Smith County sort of playing with house money here. And I think all the pressure's on White House in the second-round game. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you, Tom. I think that in, in that Smith County game, it really just took a little bit of time to get this team that was young but had size and strength, uh, get them up to speed into his system, and they're start, it's starting to pay off here late in the season. They're they're making the run. Uh, White House can't afford to look past them because if they do, Smith County will uh, will you know, will run over them in this game. The other game, though, the East Nashville Waverly game, that to me is as much of a toss up as as it can be. Waverly has got a purpose. They're playing, you know, they, they've had a, a rough year. Uh, so they're playing with purpose. But East Nashville just has so much talent. Uh, it's it's one of those games that you're really not sure exactly, you know, how it's going to go. And East Nashville has scheduled up this year. They played a lot of higher classification teams in their non-region schedule specifically for this playoff run. And Jamal Stewart's got his kids playing at a high level right now, especially Zach Beard, who had a big night last week in the win over White House Heritage at quarterback. Um, hard to overlook East Nashville at this point. That's going to be a great game between the Eagles and Waverly and, and one I'm looking forward to checking out uh, and see how that turns out. Into 4A we go with Macon County coming back from a 20-7 to halftime deficit to beat Chattanooga Central by two points. They'll travel to Red Bank this week. DeKalb County over East Hamilton by two scores. They're at Upperman in the second round. What do we think about these particular matchups for the for this bracket? Tom, I'll let you have take this one first. Well, you know, Macon County and DeKalb County both came back from big deficits. DeKalb County was down 21-7 in their game and came back to win it by uh, two scores, and uh, you get a rematch on that side of the bracket. DeKalb County and Upperman played back on October 15th, and, uh, you know, DeKalb had a lead on into the fourth quarter of that football game before Upperman came back and won it 24-14. They played at Baxter this time, and uh, DeKalb County, we talked about them being banged up, and I thought they would have a lot of trouble at East Hamilton, but uh, they ended up winning that thing by two scores. So, and any time you get a rematch, you know, of a, of a region game from earlier in the year, anything can go. And how about Macon County? I thought that was just a great win for the Tigers to be able to battle back against a good athletic Chattanooga Central team. And uh, people are going to look and say, well, Red Bank should win that game. But, uh, hey, man, don't count out Macon County, man. This is a tough physical team, good quarterback. You know, you got uh, you got some good playmakers on that squad. I think these are two pretty good matchups here in this second round. Very interesting of that size for sure. Uh, moving into five regions five and six and some news before we went on the air with this show, uh, Pearl Cone standout Barry and Brown will not play against Hardin County because he had two unsportsmanlike penalties and was ejected from their 56-16 win over Lexington and Tennessee and reported that before we went live with the show. Uh, so they're going to be without their biggest playmaker, Hardin County, in a very tough matchup to begin with, even with him in the lineup. Now, without him, it gets a lot harder. Yeah, it's it's going to be really tough. We uh, we saw them play at Montgomery Central, and their their offensive line just uh, uh, just did not perform well. And until Barry and Brown got in the game, and he is that much of a difference maker. Now you take him out of that that lineup, and like you said, Chris, what was a difficult game against Hardin County becomes a much much more difficult game without him. Uh, you just can't take a Division One talent out of your out of your lineup and it not have an effect. Uh, so that's going to be a, a really tough game, and what looked like uh, you know a good opportunity for Pearl now becomes uh, you know they still have talent to to 
to win this game, but it just becomes that much harder. Um, but you look at Montgomery Central and uh, that Tullahoma squad, even undefeated, Montgomery Central has a defense that that could do some damage here. Um, I don't think that's going to be a walk in the park for Tullahoma at all. Yeah, that's a rematch of a region game from earlier this year as well. Tullahoma handed Montgomery Central their first loss of the season. So there will be a little bit of a chip on Montgomery Central's shoulder coming back trying to avenge that loss. Let's move on to 5A. And a lot of fireworks at Green Hill's first ever playoff game, winning over Franklin County 48-40. to 40. They do not get the rematch they were hoping for with Mount Juliet or the rematch Mount Juliet was hoping for anyways. Columbia knocked off Mount Juliet 30-10. to 10. <clears throat> Page beat Wilson Central 34-14. And, Scott, in your game Friday, Nolensville 52, Station Camp 21. Let's discuss that game for just a moment and how that went down. Yeah, that that was uh, 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 coming in. looked like it was going to be a tough game at first. Both teams trading blows, but it really kind of ex- imploded on Station Camp late in the first half. Uh, with about uh, four minutes left, uh, you know, station camp gets within a touchdown, gets the onside kick, drives down inside the 10 and fumbles the ball on about the five, four or five yard line. Uh, what proceeded to happen then was Nolensville really took charge, drove the length of the field and what should have been, what could have been a 21 to 21 game. And this is what coach Brent Alexander said, you know, he was in the, he was in the box um, making plans for 21, 21 and what they're going to do after halftime. Well, now it's, you know, 28, 14. And then station camp fumbles on their, on their second play from scrimmage. Well, no first play from scrimmage after getting the, uh, the kickoff. And with four seconds left, uh, Nolensville scores again. All of a sudden, it's 30, what would have been 21 21, was now 35 14 at the half. And from there, uh, and that's with Nolensville getting the kick on the, on the, uh, at coming out of halftime, which put him, which they proceeded to score on. So, uh, really a big turnaround in station camp, just turned the ball over too many times. But let me tell you, Nolensville is playing extremely well. Colby Walton had 313 yards passing, six touchdowns. Chance Fitzgerald, uh, Dylan Northcutt had uh, Ben Coggins. He's got a stable of wide receivers, and that's offset with running back Samson Johnson. This team is playing its best ball coming down the stretch. Yeah, and they'll travel the page, and we'll talk about that game in the next segment as well. It's our spotlight game of the week for this week. Uh, but we got to move on in the brackets on to Region 7 and 8 with Springfield all over Brighton 56 to 6. Portland came up a point short at Munford 28 27. Then Kenwood fell by six at Memphis Central. So the Yellow Jackets, the only one from our area left as they get Memphis Central at home. Henry County and Munford in the other second round game of this bracket. Henry County to me may very well make more noise. Yeah, I, I think Henry County is kind of the wild card here because you know they had such they played such a tough schedule. That six and five record is really deceiving. Um, they played uh, they played Springfield to a six three loss, and it really could have gone either way. So uh, you know Springfield, I think, has got a uh, you know they've got a defense to do it. But I think you're right, Chris. I think Henry County is really a uh, 
is kind of the the wild card in these of this group. Keeping keeping the thing going to six A in regions three and four, uh, Riverdale twenty two, Coffee County seven, Rockvale falls by two at Shelbyville on a controversial call on a two point conversion with a chance to tie the game. Uh, War Oakland all over Warren County. And Lebanon 42, Stewart's Creek 7 in the game I had last week. Um, got to talk to Camantes Logue and Chuck Gentry after that game. Want to play those interviews now to discuss that big win over Stewart's Creek. First off, here's Camantes Logue. All right, talk to me about tonight. Uh, you guys were hyped up headed into this game, and then special teams kind of had a goof early on. Uh, what was the mood after the, they returned the field goal for a touchdown? Uh, coach was just telling everybody to relax, really, and just stay, stay focused and keep our minds in the game, and that's what we did. I felt like we just came out and fought hard. We won the game. Now, previous Lebanon teams, after some mistakes like that early on, would have folded, but you guys didn't. Is that really just a difference in the way this team's attitude is built? Yes, sir. This team this year is different, and Coach has been preaching about that. That's one thing about it, and I love it. Uh, the, the catch, the first, the second catch off the uh, off the trick play. You taught me about uh, was that play design? Yes, sir. You guys put that we in practice. We that all week in practice. Our running back hit it, and I was excited about it. So. Yeah, cool. I mean, this Lebanon team's doing things a lot of a lot of programs haven't done in like the last two decades. How good does that feel for you guys where you are right now? It feels great for us. It feels great. Uh, it hasn't been it hasn't been done in a long time, and. I'm, doing it this year so it feels great and you guys have a lot of juniors that I mean it's not a very senior heavy team so what does that mean for the guys coming up next year yeah they're a young team so they should be pretty good next year fun group over there at lebanon right now and they're playing really good ball uh we'll talk about their game against riverdale in the next second as well want to play the interview with chuck gentry real quick to get his thoughts on that win as well what Early on, you guys had a couple of hiccups in that first series, but uh, this group has overcome a lot of things all year, and, and they bounced back easily tonight. How good does it feel to get this one out of the way? It feels really good. This is one that, uh, you know, playing a Rutherford County team, we knew they'd be tough, and then how would we handle the atmosphere, the, the, the newness of a playoff game at home? And, uh, you know, after we kind of got the, the, the jitters out and got, got settled down, we, we played much more cleaner and efficient than we did in the first quarter. Explosive plays. I mean, they were there in, in spades, really. Um, next week, though, they may not be there. How do you prepare for a tough Riverdale defense that shuts those stuff down? Well, you know, you just try to, you know, look at them and see, uh, you know, what, what I what I know. You got one brother over here and one brother over here, and stout right down the middle, and there really ain't nowhere to go. But uh, you know, we'll we'll come up with something and see. Uh, you know, just. Uh, we know they're a good football team, but we'll show up and fight and see what happens. And Chuck's another thing off the list that you guys haven't done in a while, winning a playoff game at home. Uh, how important was that for this program moving forward? Very, very important. Since uh, First time since 04, the first, first time on this field at this school, you know, when we moved from no plaster. So very big for our program, very proud for our kids and our community. I mean, you guys, obviously with Gabe Walker out for most of the game, it was different for their offense, but uh, your defense – the defense still didn't give up a point technically. Um, special teams did, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got a kick blocked, and then, you know, they turned it. And, uh, you know, the thing shows the maturity of our football team because a lot of times in years past, that would have been detrimental. We got the, you know, the, the reverse called back, drop the touchdown pass, don't score down there, then get it blocked. A lot of 11 teams would have folded the tent, but uh, this group, you know, keeps competing and keeps playing, and it uh, seems like it don't bother. 
Yeah, here's the thing about that game is they had a couple of mistakes early that they could have really taken control of this game in the first quarter, but they had a reverse callback for a touchdown. They had a drop that would have been a sure touchdown basically on the same drive. And, you know, but Levin, they overcame that and, and didn't have any problems with Stewart's Creek. And tough break for Stewart's Creek, unfortunately, with Gabe Walker leaving the game in the first quarter due to an injury. Did not play the rest of the year, or not rest of the game. And unfortunately, his senior season ends like that. Uh, just a difficult deal for the Red Hawks. But uh, you know, that's three straight playoff appearances for Stewart's Creek, something he's never done before. That Lebanon team, it 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 intrigues me, um, and I know we'll talk about them more uh, when we get to who you got. But uh, you know that that defense and uh, their defense is no slouch. And you know we're talking about two fairly decent defensive teams going at each other. I'm I'm really interested to see uh, how this one plays out. Yep. On to regions five and six, which might have produced their biggest upset of the first round with Clarksville going to Cane Ridge and knocking off the top seeded Ravens. 33-27 for Clarksville. They're going to head to Beach. Gallatin basically maybe maybe in the co-upset of, of the first round really with Gallatin over Smyrna 24-7. Gallatin and Hendersonville in round number two. Guys, let's talk about this for a second. Um, Gallatin Hendersonville, a classic game between two county rivals. Clarksville's intriguing because they have overcome a lot this year to get to this point. And, and like we talked about with Cannon County, Clarksville's playing with house money too. They are. They are. And uh, I think that, you know, you talked about, you know, they had the tragedy, uh, uh, er, you know, earlier this year, and then they lost their quarterback to injury. And it took them a while to kind of get that quarterback situation worked out. Uh, you know, they started with Rayshon Bowling. Uh, at quarterback now they've moved him back to running back where he plays better and and they've uh, they've done some other things at quarterback. I think that that kind of you know solidified and uh, as they are coming down the stretch they're playing pretty good ball. Uh, you know they're going to go up against a tough beach team though that uh, you know that always plays well and would love a, a, a rematch against Hendersonville if they could get there. Um, the the Galton Smyrna scored, you know, really surprised me. But my understanding is Arian Carter didn't play in that game for Smyrna, which is a big part of their offense. Uh, so I, I'm I'm really interested to see how the passing game of Hendersonville matches up against Galton's defense. Yeah, I thought Galton, by the way, guys, was going to have a. The defense was the one thing I saw early in the season. I thought was going to be the strength of that team, and. Uh, you know, maybe they're getting it together at the right time. It's, it's how you play at this time of year going into November. And I was certainly surprised by that one. But uh, uh, if, if that defense can really get it together, they can take them a long way. They could be a, a bit of a surprise coming even in the second round. Yep. Region 7 and 8 dominated largely by the Williamson County Schools, although Independence fell 44-13 in Collierville. Ravenwood knocked off Whitehaven at home. Brentwood with a last-second field goal to beat Germantown 24-21. Summit had some trouble with Houston in the first half, but pulled away for a 27-7 win. If Summit's having trouble and still winning by a 20, that's a bad sign for the rest of 6A. <laughs> yeah, Coach Coleman said that was a sloppy a game that they played all year. Uh, he was not happy with uh, offensively how they, they played. I, I guess he didn't have too much, uh, only allowing seven points. He didn't have too much to worry about defensively. But uh, this Brentwood team is actually playing uh, pretty well. And, and coming out with that big win against Germantown, 
uh, Brentwood gave them their toughest uh, their toughest game all year. Uh, so I think that's going to be a, a, a very fun game to watch. Um, the Ra- Ravenwood Collierville, I'm, I'm curious to see how that one works out because I think uh, Ravenwood has a lot of talent on that side, and I think that they they have a really good chance to make it all the way if they can if they can get past this this round. Yeah, this bracket is not easy for any of these teams through here, but Ravenwood is kind of playing some of its best ball in the last four or five weeks, and it sets up well for a potential Ravenwood summit rematch as well in the quarterfinal round. Let's move to Division Two real quick. Uh, DCA will open against Friendship Christian in, this, in the second round as the Commanders 158 nothing over Tipton Rosemark. Franklin Grace was knocked out by Kings Academy. Then Kings Academy will play USJ in round number two, bottom half of that bracket. Middle Tennessee Christian, first round by, they get Trinity Christian at home. Nashville Christian hosting Jackson Christian in round number two with Columbia Academy losing to Trinity Christian in the first round. Uh, just real quick, we'll go through double A as well. BGA at Lausanne after BGA defeated Chattanooga Christian 28-27. CPA a 41-9 winner over Boyd Buchanan. They will host CAK, who shut out FRA 21 to nothing. Bottom half, Lipscomb Academy opens with Silverdale at home. Davidson Academy beat ECS 34-14. They travel to Knoxville Webb. In AAA, it's Father Ryan at Macaulay after Father Ryan shut out MUS 14 to nothing. JP2 at Brentwood Academy. We'll talk about this game in the next segment as well. JP2 42-8 over St. Benedict. Brentwood Academy had a first-round bye. Bottom half, Answorth lost to Baylor 21-13. NBA will host Baylor this week. And that is it for our bracket recap. And we are back with Mid-State 48 right after this. Stay with us. This is 615 Preps, and we will see you in just a minute. Back here on the Mid-State 48, uh, talking week two playoff matchups, and we've got a few we want to chat about in this segment. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. Let's start with this galton Hendersonville matchup and, and some background on it. Uh, as we mentioned in the first segment, Galton over Smyrna 24-7, Hendersonville over McGavick 56 to nothing. A rematch of a region game from September 17th where Hendersonville dominated in a 41-7 win. Even though these two teams have been Sumner County rivals for a long time, they've not met in the playoffs that much, only three times in history. And Hendersonville's Hendersville's won all three of them, and they've all been since 2001. So 2001, 2010, 2011, so every 10 years they meet in the playoffs. (laughs) Hendersonville's won four out of the last five, but Gallatin leads the all-time series by quite a wide margin. And – this commando team has is, is outscored opponents nearly 2-1 to one this season, but Gallatin's finally gotten on the right side of things late in the season. So let's discuss this real quick. Uh, what do you like in this matchup, and how can Gallatin pull another upset? Well, Gallatin is, has been opportunistic of late, especially on special teams and defense. I think they have to continue to do that. Hendersonville, we know in the past, has been susceptible to some special teams miscues and things of that nature. If Galton can get a hold of uh, some of those, maybe uh, get their ground game going and kind of neutralize Ellis Ellis and, uh, and, and the offense, I think they stand a chance. This is the oldest rivalry in Sumner County. And it's uh, it's it's one of those uh, pride games. So Galton, you know, has aside from you know living on, that there's there's a lot of uh, pride at stake in this game. 
Yeah, I think that uh, ball control is going to help Gallatin a lot. And if they can force some turnovers like they did against Smyrna, they had three interceptions in that ball game last week. And if they can just uh, defensively, if they can kind of keep Hendersonville at bay, like you say, you got to find a way to kind of neutralize Ellis Ellis the best way you can. Keeping that offense off the field would be one way to do that. But uh, Gallatin, again, if their defense can step up and play well, I like their chances to at least make this game competitive Friday night. Brentwood at Summit is another region rematch. And uh, uh, Scott, you mentioned in the first segment, Summit had their toughest game with Brentwood, a uh, 13-point game on September 3rd. It was Summit's first ever win over Brentwood, too. And that's kind of fun to know because these teams have only played three times before, Summit being in 5A, Brentwood being in 6A for most of the time. Now with these two teams facing off in the 6A playoffs, it's a little bit different. Brentwood that went over Germantown, Summit over Houston, Summit has blown most everybody out except Brentwood. You know, they're they're scoring outscoring opponents by a plus three hundred margin through eleven games yeah. so far. But let's not discount Brentwood because after that one and four start, they've won their last six. So they come in with a lot of confidence in this game. And Clint Finch's club is starting to believe that they can make some noise in this playoff run. And what better way to do it than by knocking off a team that you lost to earlier? Yeah, and, and all the pressure really is on the Spartan side of the ball. Uh, you know, Brentwood can play a little bit, uh, play a little bit looser, knowing that you know every everybody expects Summit to, to come out and win this. But you know, you can't dis- discount Brentwood. They're playing. You know, they played a tough Germantown team last week, and 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 won that game. Uh, Summit can't get complacent, and it. it you know, all it takes is a, a turnover here, turnover there, and you're in real trouble. So, I, and Brentwood can absolutely sling the ball. Offensively, they can score. So, I, I think that, you know, the, someone's going to have to, you know, going to have to show up, and they're going to have to remember that this is a team that gave them the toughest fight of the entire season and play like, you know, that, you know, that they play basically like they lost that game. Yeah, you mentioned that, uh, uh, you know, some of its coaching staff felt like they, they played probably their worst game of the year last week or last week, and, and despite that, still won by 20 points. But deeper you get in the playoffs, you can't play sloppy. You can't have a bad night. Somebody will slip up, especially, like you mentioned, a Brentwood team that's won six in the row. Davis White threw the ball around quite well last week, 242 yards and three scores, and that uh, went over Germantown. And, uh, you know, let's not forget Brentwood, I, I believe they got to the championship game last year. This is uh, – a the team that's been there, they know how to get there. And uh, uh, Summit just – they can't afford another bad night. Even being 11-0 and 0, and even though it was a two-score game last time around, guys, that's been uh, what that's been two-plus two months ago for them. And uh, Brentwood's going to be ready to play Friday night. I, I expect that uh, – I expect Coach Coleman will keep those guys focused. Hope Prep at Brentwood Academy – and the numbers in this one are quite staggering when you look at it a little bit further. Now, Pope had that big win over St. Benedict, and B.A. was off last week. We're not worried about that. These two teams didn't play in the regular season. Their last meeting was last year in the playoffs where Brentwood Academy won 34-31. Most of those players from Pope's team are back this year, while Brentwood Academy graduated quite a bit. B.A. has never lost to Pope John Paul II. They're 16-0 all-time against him, 3-0 in the playoffs. But the numbers that these teams allow are staggering. Pope Prep has allowed 32.2 points per game defensively. They get it in shootouts. That's just what they do. Brentwood Academy has been stingy all year. 
but their offense hasn't quite gotten up to speed and it's until the last couple of weeks where they've hit the 30 point mark in the last two games. So this has, it, it's something's got to give here. Agreed. And you, Chris, you, you hit the nail on the head. You've got the best defense in triple in, uh, in triple a in Brentwood Academy, uh, only allowing, I think 14.8 points per game. Uh, and then you've got probably the one that allows the most points in, uh, Pope prep, uh, so it's one of those games that you're really going to rely on. If you're Pope Prep, you're going to have to outscore uh, Brentwood Academy and probably get up by a couple of scores uh, to, to keep them to where they have to do something they don't want to do, which is probably pass the ball uh, around quite a bit. Give your corners time and the uh, opportunity to, to pick off uh, uh, the Eagles. Um Brentwood would like to run this ball and keep this, you know, I think keep the score, uh, get out in front and and manage the clock and let their defense do all the work here. Yeah, I think Pope, if you're Pope, you want to try to get out to that lead if you can. Get the, win that open and coin toss, get the football, see if you can't get out a couple of scores because, uh, you know, Brentwood Academy, chances are they don't want to be down a couple of scores in this game trying to play catch up, even though their defense is uh, pretty good when you find yourself in the hole. Uh, like that, it could be hard to catch up. But uh, I, I always like defense once you get into the playoffs, and I think that gives that gives Brentwood Academy a good edge in this game Friday night. Yeah. Speaking of defense, here's a game that's got all of it: Riverdale and Lebanon. We've talked about Riverdale, Riverdale's defense at nauseum this year. Sixty-five points allowed in eleven games this year. Lebanon has allowed a hundred points in eleven games. That's, they're no slouch either. So, no. Which offense really finds a way to crack the other's defense is going to be how this game gets won or, or possibly special teams. Well, I think that if it comes down to special teams, that'd be something that Lebanon would probably like to see. I think they've got special teams-wise, they they have the ability to break one. Um, but you're talking about two teams. I think Riverdale had five shutouts this year. Lebanon's had three in the last four games or something like that. Both defenses are playing really, really well. Um, and, Chris, I think you are absolutely right. This is going to come down probably to a quarterback battle. Um, I think that it's going to depend on, you know, which passing game can can get untracked because I think both of these uh, defensive lines are going to be coming at you with their hair on fire. Yeah, for me, when you look at Jalen Abston, he can get outside of the pocket and run, but with Riverdale's linebackers, when you've got Caleb Herring, Elijah Herring, Alex Mitchell chasing you down, that's a tough assignment for any quarterback to try to deal with. If he can make some stuff happen with his legs and extend plays and find time for his guys to get downfield, they may be able to bust a big player too because Lebanon has thrived on big plays all year long. Now, Riverdale shut them down. Uh, that's a good point you make there because, quite frankly, you know, it may come down to which offense makes the most mistakes. Who's going to turn the ball over? Who's going to fumble? Who's going to throw an interception because of that pressure on both sides of the ball? Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, playmaking on the defensive side of the ball, uh, both of these coaches defensive-minded, and uh, I, I think they're going to be trying to force turnovers, guys, to try to swing the momentum of this game, and I expect a low-scoring game at that. And, uh, you know, one or two little mistakes could make a big difference. Yep. Lebanon's defense has not a lot of, I think we mentioned this earlier, has not a lot of point in 18 consecutive quarters. Now, they 
Special teams did give up a touchdown to Stewart's Creek on a blocked field goal return, but the defense has been lights out the last four weeks. So, you know, Lebanon's coming in on a, a, a really big heater right now defensively, and this could be a fun ball game to watch, and I think it's going to be televised as well. So uh, certainly want to keep an eye on this week. And last but not least, Nolansville Page, our spotlight game of the week. We talked about defense in the in the previous game. This one, probably not going to have it. It's going to be points and points and more points because these two teams score him. Yeah. Nolansville won 52-21 over station camp. Page over Wilson Central 34-14. Page won that regular season game by 18 points on October 8th. Now, get this. Nolansville scored 30 points or more seven times this year. They're 5-2 and two in those games. Page has hit that mark eight game and eight games this year, seven and one mark when they hit 30 points or more. These two teams have never met in the playoffs. Page has won all three meetings so far, but Nolansville coming in here absolutely confident that they can pull they can pull the upset and reverse the regular season meeting. Yeah, uh talking to him after the game, uh talking to uh uh Chance Fitzgerald and Samson Johnson and Kobe uh Walton after the game, they wanted this matchup. They wanted Page to move up. Uh, you know, they thought that they should. They had the talent to beat him, and they just blew it. And you talked to Coach Paul Derrick. I talked to him after the game. He believes that this game, the previous game on October 8th, was the turning point of their season. That was the low point, and that's when they turned it around. And he absolutely believes that his team, if they can play mistake-free football and learn what they – about, you know – you know, and overcome the things that they did in that first game, that they can win this game. Yeah, I see a lot of offense in this game, guys. And uh, October 8th, I know it's just now, you know, early November, it'll be a month and four days when these two teams hit the field again. But that's a long time in high school football. And a lot has changed for Nolansville since then. And, uh, you know, if, if Kobe Walton has the kind of game he had last week against Station Camp and uh, – I kind of overvalued Station Camp in that game last week, you know, knowing they had struggled a bit down the stretch. Nolansville came came ready to play, and uh, then you got Jake McNamara on the side for Page. Of course, uh, uh, a lot of points could be scored in this game, but uh, I, I look for this to be a shootout and a very close football game. To be honest, yeah, there's a real chance that both quarterbacks could throw for over 300 yards in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked at all to see it happen. It may be a wild one there in Williamson County this week, and going to be fun to have that as our spotlight game of the week. These two teams have never been in our spotlight game, so kind of interesting to see how this one turns out. That is going to do it for this segment, and we need to get to a break real quick. When we come back, we will try to pick all these winners for this week and who you got. This is the Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, so stay with us. Welcome back to the Mid-State 48. We've talked about all the games. Now it's time to pick them. So you got. Tom still leads us with a three-game lead over the fans this season. Uh, everybody's hot in pursuit, but uh, the weeks are kind of dwindling down for us. And uh, Reggie keeps picking all these upsets and, and telling us about them and still manages to go five and five each week. I think he's got to go back on special kitty. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he can brag, but he's still, you know, I know, well, never mind. <laughs> I, this is a family show, Scott. <laughs> uh, well, I've seen him groom. Uh, <laughs> that 
what's going on. The outtake reel, isn't it? <laughs> well, let's just dive in and, and look at what we did last week and what we didn't do last week. And uh, well, Reggie had a lot of red. Yeah, a lot. There's a lot of red, but Reggie picked Smith County over Fairview, and he told us so. So, yep. Another green one to his name. Everybody had East Nashville over White House Heritage. We split on Mount Juliet and Columbia. Tom and Scott, you guys got Columbia correct there. Uh, Scott, you and I had no one's full over Station Camp. Everybody got Page over Wilson Central. On the next page, we all took Hendersonville over McGavick. We all lost Smyrna against Gallatin. We all won Beach over Overton. We all lost Cambridge <laughs> against Clarksville. <laughs> Reggie Reggie went with Stewart's Creek, and that didn't work out for him. So on to the picks for the second round. We start with Joe Burns and Gordonsville, and Reggie is going all out. He's going with Joe, he's going with Joe Burns. And everybody else is going with Gordon's full. Yeah, that's uh, I, he. He didn't explain that one, but uh, yeah, he was uh, he was feeling Joe Burns. Did he explain Columbia over Green Hill? Uh, no, he didn't. But okay. I will, <laughs> since I have it. Um, I think that Columbia is playing uh, uh, really good defensively. I think Green Hill. Uh, you know, I think this could be a close game. I like what. Uh, Q, uh, was it Q Martin? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he's bringing to the game. And, uh, I just think that, uh, Columbia's on a roll right now. And they, this could be a, a, I know it's a playoffs, but I still think it could be a trap game for Green Hill. This is also a rematch of a game these two teams played earlier this season at Green Hill did win over Columbia. So, you know, I could definitely see Columbia coming in there, maybe pulling the upset, but at the same time, Green Hill's gotten all the pomp and circumstances of that first playoff game out of the way. Now they just got to go play ball. And and this is a good opportunity to get back to basics for them and and maybe not allow 40 points like they did Franklin County. That was kind of concerning, but mm-hmm. I do think Green Hill is still the better team here and, and should knock Columbia out. Uh, we've all got Hendersonville over Gallatin. We mentioned that in the last segment. We're all taking Beach over Clarksville. We've all got Summit over Brentwood. To the next page we go, and we're kind of split on BA and Pope Prep. Scott, you and I have the Knights. I'm going to explain this pick real quick. It's time for Pope to beat Brentwood Academy. They, they've lost the first 16 games they played against them. Their offense is far and away better than BA's. Yeah, they give up a ton of points, but at some point, these players that played in that close game last year will have to step up and find a way to just make a play. And I think that it's time for them to do it. I'm going with Pope Prep based on kind of what I saw from them last year in this game that they came so close and didn't get it. I think they learned from it, and they finally get over that big hurdle. BCA over Friendship Christian, that's across the board. Reggie's taking Lebanon to pull the upset over – to pull the upset in quotation marks because it's upset in thought only, not seed. Mm-hmm. And he also likes Smith County over White House. He, is, he has pulled out the stops this week. He has, he has. But, he, I mean, he rolled the dice with Smith County last week. <laughs> I, that, that, Go ahead. I was just going to say that that Lebanon game, that was a really tight one for me. I me leaned heavily yeah. towards Lebanon in that game, but I just don't see anybody who has played defense like Riverdale has. Yeah, that, that's and, the one thing for me that, that swung it in that direction. Yeah, was that does that defense and yeah. no one's full page before we get to our picks. Let's see Reggie's pick for this week. And we're here waiting 
Reggie's choice for the spotlight game. He will be choosing between the Page Patriots and the visiting Knights from Nolensville. Is he something now? And he has chosen Nolensville. The thing I like about that particular particular pick was like, like he looked back, was like, "Do I pick now?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then he just went right to no one's full. So Reggie's got no one's full. Drake has no one's full. I've got no one's full, and you two have Paige. Yeah, so let's see how we're split here. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. This was another tough one for me, guys, just because, like I said, I, I had Nolensville falling to station camp last week, and I, I reluctantly picked that, knowing how well Nolensville have been playing. And it's kind of the same way this week. You know, they're, they're playing well, but I think, you know, Paige is going to be a step up a little bit. Paige has been playing good football throughout the season. And, uh, you know, we're at station camp, I think it, it kind of, you know, dwindled off toward the end of the season. I think Paige, of course, having the home field as well. I, I've got to take him to win this, but I will not be one bit surprised if no one's going to win Friday night. It came down to home field. I mean, I think these teams play so close in this game. But it came down to just, uh, you know, I had to pick a winner because I had to pick one, and I went with the home with the home team. I think Jake McNamara is playing a tremendous ball, um, and I just, I, I like Tom said, I could easily see this rolling over the other way. I basically said I'm not sitting in third place anymore. I've got to make a move, and <laughs> this is the time to do it. So I'm going. I'm picking a dog here. I'm taking Nolensville. I think that they win this one in a shootout, but a very close one, as we talked about earlier. Uh, I, I'm either going to gain some ground or I'm going to lose a lot. So cards on the table. Here we go. I'm, I'm rolling with the Knights. That is it for who you got for this week. And before we get out of here, Scott, I believe it is your turn for the last word. Yeah. Um, you know, every year uh, when we get down to these uh, this time of the year, we start to see seniors and having their season end. Um, you know, we and we think a lot about the the cheerleaders and the band and the the players that are going to be suiting up for the last time. But one group uh, group of people always seems to get left out, and that is the parents, uh, the mothers who you know drove their kids back and forth to you know to practice the dads who you know who threw the ball in the backyard of the sun and worked on you know footwork and things like that the you know the ones who were there uh to take them to the doctor when they got hurt and you know console them when you know when they had a bad game uh you know their season ends too and their career is as uh uh Football parents ends too, and and that's a loss for that some of them, uh, you know, aren't <laughs> aren't prepared for. Um, you know, it, it's a part of their life that's ends. So, you know, to all you parents who who sacrificed so that your child could cheer, your child could play in the band on the football field, your child could play football. You know, here, you know, here's to you guys. You you guys. Uh, uh, the backbone of this sport, um, and you know, w- you know, we're we're sad to see it in for you as well. But just know that you're appreciated as well. Good stuff, right there, and well said. Absolutely. 
That is all the time we've got for this week's show of the Mid-State 48. For Tom Duggan, for Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you all for watching so much. Catch me Friday night, late Friday night for the scoreboard show. We'll have all the scores and the updated brackets there. Then we'll come back next week at the same time, same channel, and we'll do it all over again. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games, and we'll see you next week. See you, everybody. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.